Welcome to episode 52 of the Free Spirit Academy podcast, Your Body Holds the Medicine. Free Spirit Academy is about you being fully you. My name is Randy Moss, and with a background in eating psychology, kundalini yoga, and most recently somatic experiencing, we explore the mind-body-spirit journey to freedom from compulsive behavior, trauma, and anything that's leaving you feeling inauthentic and trapped in your body or trapped in your life. I hope these episodes leave you feeling lighter and freer in your body, your mind, your relationships, creativity, and life as a whole. Enjoy the show. So there is a lot that I could say about 2019, and I set this up a bit last episode saying I was going to do an episode that sounded like so many of the podcast episodes that I have heard from other hosts who have talked about their plant medicine journeys, their ayahuasca journeys, but mine was going to be sans plant medicine. Um, So I'll just start with the fact that I have always craved a kind of magic. Um, I've always been pulled to spirituality and growth, and that's looked a variety of different ways, from conventional Christianity to a very spiritual, bypassy, kind of new age basic situation to whatever I have now, which isn't called anything. It just feels currently like this deep trust in life. And when I say life, I'm always picturing it in this context with a capital L. So this sense that life is alive and that I was and am immersed in that aliveness, that I am immersed in it, that I am a part of it. So at the same time, there's never been anything flashy about my spiritual life. I I don't channel Pleiadians or see visions. Um, When I've had energy work done on me, I would literally historically feel nothing. And I had no idea what people meant when they described energy. And I had somebody in one of my first, in my very first Kundalini course, just described me as very human, which I was kind of mortified at at the time because I was like, am I doing this thing right? Um, But I did, I did get my intuition And I learned to trust, I had learned to trust what my body desired and to learn from the exploration of those desires. I I learned to trust my pain and the exploration of that pain, whether it was the pain of compulsive behaviors like binging and overeating or the pain of the general discomfort I felt in my body or or the pain of just exploring something that wasn't quite right. Um, And in that exploration, I started to get this deep sense that everything I needed was in my body and that I didn't need a medical medium or a guru or tarot cards or a a plant medicine journey to tell me what my blocks were or what my next steps were. I've never heard voices or met my guides or anything like that. And that's not to say that I haven't had teachers and human guides. I absolutely have. But I'm always taking in what I hear with discernment and running it through my own experience. So I've spent years sort of running this theory that I could trust myself and let myself be led by curiosity and desire and what felt good to my body and what felt bad to my body and and seeing what those curiosities and desires taught me about myself and about life and about what was real. So listening to pleasure and curiosity and desire took me a long way. But there came a point where I realized that my body was leading me with more than just the good feeling, like the curiosities and the desires, but also, like I was saying a moment ago, painful things. And that I didn't need to avoid the pain in my body 
that my body was expressing. So for a long time, it was the very overt pain of feeling out of control around food. And that was all I could see. Like, it was like, this was my problem. And if I could just get this to go away, then everything would be great. That was sort of my, my view on it at the time. I really thought it was in the way to really feeling free and feeling like myself. Like as long as I was overeating, I could never possibly feel free. And it, and it wasn't, this is, if you haven't listened to any of these episodes before, this wasn't just like I overate once in a while. It was like serious binge eating disorder, days, weeks, months at a time, years at a time. But as I learned to trust that part of my body's experience, that it wasn't wrong, that I was doing what I was doing for a reason, I opened up a whole new world of unmet needs that I was attempting to meet either with a lot of food or with tight control of food and and my body. And that's a rabbit hole that deserves its own exploration. And I really have quite a bit in other episodes, but eventually this led me to more of listening to my body's pain, which, and here's what I didn't understand for a really long time, was in my body. Something I struggled with, especially in the eating disorder recovery advice, was feeling my feelings. That's so much of the advice that was given. Feel your feelings. And I I tried so hard. I would I would bring up what I was upset about in my mind and just ruminate and ruminate and ruminate and be like, I'm feeling my feelings, but nothing shifted. Nothing shifted. And at some point, I recognized that I was physically pretty numb. Numb in a way that I couldn't feel energy moving during a Reiki session, and I certainly couldn't feel emotion, which is energy in motion. In general, I was really just an even-keeled kind of person, not bothered by much, not dramatic, didn't fight or get caught up in arguments. And when when my wife and I were first dating in a long-distance relationship, I, I would largely be going to visit her because I was a flight attendant. It was easy for me to travel. And she would always cry at the airports and I would feel like I was this soulless human because I just, I had no tears. I didn't feel much. Um, But I could binge eat my brains out. So clearly it wasn't because I was so deeply content with my life. So coming to understand that emotions expressed as sensations in my body was a massive radical shift. And it has been years of creating enough safety for myself to feel more and more and more. Kundalini yoga has been an incredible tool as well as other, as well as other somatic body sensory exercises, but nothing has brought more insight than just sitting and feeling. So for the last few years, this has been a big practice for me. My meditation is an embodied meditation where I'm just sitting and noticing what I can now feel. And now we're about to get into the interesting part of the 2019 story. So early last year, I sat down to feel into my body and my practice at the time was just to sit and feel and get a really good sense of what was uncomfortable in my body and just hang out with it. And if it was still there by the time I was done, I'd sit with my journal and do um, an embodied journaling session, which I kind of just started doing to keep myself grounded. Like I would describe in detail the sensations that I was feeling and any thoughts or memories that would come up along with it. And repeatedly at this time, day after day, I was feeling this tense sensation of two spots on either side of my spine. And over time, just sitting and breathing with these sensations, I started getting this picture in my mind of burnt wings, like like angel wings. And so I hanging out with that for a bit, I started getting memories 
of being a child and being called a little angel by one of my aunts, which was something that she would say to me in and amongst shaming me, embarrassing me, making a huge deal over anything I did that she deemed less than angelic. And day after day, I was just sitting and feeling and writing and having all of these forgotten memories come to me and make sense of these core beliefs that I'd struggled with, that I was an embarrassment, that I wasn't smart, that I was just vapid and shallow. And I went through just months of letting this anger course and move through my body and visualizing these wings. And I wasn't trying to visualize them at this point. It was just sort of the vision that was coming up, um, like burning up in fire and, and loving myself, learning to love myself, practicing, practicing loving myself every time I was triggered to think that I was not smart or that I was shallow or that I was an embarrassment and doing it again and again and again and again until the pain started softening, not only just in my practice, but in my daily life. So the pain was going, but these sensations in my back weren't leaving, but they were shifting, they were changing. And I, I sort of moved on from this and wasn't thinking about my aunt or feeling angry or making much of it at all. And I started noticing this sensation that it actually wasn't very painful. It felt good it was expanding. It had expanded and it felt like I was describing it like the back of my heart was opening up, which I was like, is that a thing? I do backs of hearts open up. I don't know. And it was this very active, expansive sensation that I would feel particularly when I was just sitting and feeling and meditating. But okay, put a pin in that for a sec, because we're about to move from 2019 to 2020 in this story. So this period of unearthing trauma and trauma, which I should say was stored in the body, right? It, like it wasn't just the story of what happened. It was the response that my body had, that my nervous system had. So this period of unearthing this trauma and, and processing anger and learning to love parts of myself, it happens all the time now. Um, and, and it had happened before that, like, this wasn't a new thing. This wasn't a one-off. It wasn't new. It wasn't an arrival point. Um, it was just like 20, 2019 was massive domino effects of these events, discovering parts of myself that had been wounded and held back in my being and creating safety for them to start expressing again. And it was like, it was just like thing after thing, but here's why I'm bringing up this one in particular. So moving into 2020, my wife and I were in Hawaii in January, and it was a super intense time. Everything just felt pretty heavy a lot of the time. Um, I, I was still strongly experiencing this sensation in my back, and I had also had an obsession for months with this memoir by the wife of one of my favorite authors, and I had no idea why. I hadn't read anything about it. I didn't even look at the title. I just couldn't stop thinking about reading this book. But I was like, I've got multiple ebooks and paper books, and I'm literally in the middle of reading several things, and I do not need to buy another book. Like, focus, Randy. But one night in our Airbnb, I was finally like, okay, I'm just going to get the book because I can't stop thinking about this book. And this woman, Stella Oserojos, tells a story of being a pretty skeptical person who started having these unexplained experiences happen to her, and one of them being the sensation of energetic wings growing out of her back. 
and she tells the story of of feeling pulled to change her name that one to one that fit who she felt herself to be and i am just devouring this story making no connection to my own experience and i wake up in the middle of the night one night and i can't sleep so i go downstairs to read on the couch and as i'm reading about this author's exploration of trying to figure out what this same sensation of wings was about I feel something poke into my hand and I pull out a white feather from the couch. And I was like, oh, oh, Jesus, like this feeling in my back, that memory, not only that, just like the author, I had recently changed my name. My name, my birth name was Randy Ray and Ray was, is my father's name and my father's family being folks I no longer have in my life because of a lot of trauma involved there. So I changed it from Randy Ray to Randy Grace for literally no other reason than I liked it. Like it was something I had started considering doing 10, 15 years ago, something like that, when I stopped using my father's family's last name. I was like, do I want to change my middle name too? And, and it was Grace at the time. I loved it. And it sort of came back to me just one morning. I was like, oh, I'm changing my middle name to Grace. I guess that's a thing and that's happening. And it, it felt so beautiful and lovely and wonderful. And so I take a closer look at this book, which somehow I really had not looked at. And the title of it is Star Sister, which I had caught that part. The subtitle was How I Changed My Name, Grew Wings, and Learned to Trust Intuition. So I'm not even going to leave this with any conclusions about what the wings mean. I, I've spoken with people about different theories. The book had theories. The internet had theories. I'm kind of not that concerned. It has been a confirmation of, of many subtler confirmations, right? But like a much more overt confirmation that I don't have to go looking for a spiritual experience. I don't have to try and transcend myself. My self wants to grow into these experiences naturally. It's just the wounded parts the wounded parts, which, by the way, I hear so many people referring to, like, their ego and how they need to transcend their ego. And I have long worked on the theory and presented this to my clients that this part of us that we're demonizing is bad or trying to transcend or trying to fix isn't... Um, it's not, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just like the wounded parts of us that weren't getting their needs met that need to be seen fully for what they are so that they can be allowed to grow into the mature version of what they were meant to be. So it's like the wounded parts of me just needed to be felt and seen and understood and nurtured and have their needs met and to be allowed to grow. And more than anything, this has just been a shiny story to to tell, to illustrate what I say all the time anyways, and that's that the body is trustworthy. In her pleasure, in her pain, that is the language that the body speaks. So when I work with people, it's often, we're often starting with learning how to trust with food, right? So working with folks who've had a really tough history with emotional eating or trying to cleanse or be on a sort of healing path and struggling with their relationship with food and learning that they can trust their bodies. Um, and this extends just out into everything. The language that the body speaks is pleasure and pain. This can be trusted and both are asking for deep listening and not just deep listening, but understanding. So whether we're looking at pain from coping mechanisms or body symptoms or overwhelming emotions or numbness, no felt emotions, intrusive thoughts, 
all of this, these are not in the way. These are not, um, these are not in the way to who we are. These are the way to freedom. These are who we are, but these parts are wounded. They are innocent parts of us asking for a closer look, <laughs> a closer feel, maybe. Um, so that's pain and, and looking at pleasure, whether it's the pleasure of exploring what you would really like to do with your life, what you'd really like to say, express, create, experience in the world, regardless of what anybody thinks of it. It's true that we need to listen to our bodies, as so many people say, but in an educated way, right? Because we can listen to anxiety, but we need to be educated about how the nervous system and the subconscious mind store fear, anxiety, so that we're not being run by anxiety and thinking that it's intuition. And we want to be able to listen to true intuition, that deep gut internal knowing of who we are and be able to love it into fruition when it's been attached to shame. And we can learn to listen to compulsive behaviors, but we, we need the knowledge that it's about more than the surface desire. So listening to a desire to eat for emotional reasons means listening to the fact that we're feeling something painful and learning how to learn from that pain without numbing it. So this is how I work with people. Education, embodiment, and then evolution, which wants to happen naturally. And the education piece is learning about why we're experiencing painful emotions and compulsive behaviors and coping mechanisms and repeating destructive patterns and cycles. So learning how the body and nervous system stores trauma how the subconscious mind holds beliefs that might not actually be true. And then second, the embodiment piece is about slowly creating the safety to feel. So whether you're somebody that has been numb and feels like maybe you just don't feel a whole lot, you just like to eat or you, you tune out for no reason, whatever the coping behaviors are, um, or perhaps you're somebody that has felt a lot and it's been so overwhelming that you're kind of living on the surface of that experience and, and numbing. So the embodiment piece is about playing with simple embodiment practices and seeing what the system can handle. And as our bodies grow capacity to feel and hold feeling, letting those feelings integrate into our bodies rather than being stuck so that they can inform us about ourselves, right? It's not just about getting good at feeling anxiety so we can go about our life anxious. No, like we want the anxiety to teach us. And then lastly, the evolution piece, which is the one that just keeps going. The evolution piece is making space for what needs to happen with that information, the information that we get from our pain and our pleasure, our feelings. Sometimes we do just need to practice feeling something and letting that feeling, that old stored trauma unstick. And sometimes we keep experiencing the same pain over and over again until we make the change that it's asking us to make, until we meet the need that it's asking us to meet. Whether that means setting a boundary or being more of ourselves in a relationship or expressing creatively in some way or seeing and treating ourselves in a way that's, that's more truth and less shame. Our bodies have so much to teach us. Our bodies are the doorway to freedom. Our bodies are connected to everything, all of life. And our bodies can be our greatest and wisest guides. So that feels like a good place to tie things up. If this speaks to you and you're looking for mentorship, I do work privately with clients through Skype. I have an application process to see if we're a good fit for each other, but please feel free to email me. My email is going to be in the show notes. 
and I'd be happy to email back and forth with you or Skype chat and we can answer any questions that we both have about each other. So thank you so much for listening. I hope this was encouraging for you no matter where you're at or what you're working with or through right now.